We want to start this episode by acknowledging the Gadigal and the Wongal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this very podcast. We also pay our deep respect to Elders past, present and future, always was, always will be. This podcast may contain discussions about violence, drug use, and it's most definitely going to contain a lot of foul language. Good evening. At last, you are hearing our voices. It's the it's the final season finale. <laughs> it's it's the finale, finale, finale. Yep, it's really the end for some time, a little while, probably. Not yeah, we're gonna have long. a little break. Um, we're bound out, mate. Fucking exhausted. It's a tiring time. Ooh, end of the year. And it's it's not just this. Left, right, centre, you're being pulled. It's true. Social, work, potty. Yeah, people are like, do you want to come to this Christmas party? We should have dinner because it's the end of the year and we're, we can go out now. Yeah, and, and that I'm like, is no, thing. I don't want to. Uh, I would like to say that we are actually recording in a different room of my house because it's so fucking hot. Yeah, we finally got some. It's summer the first weather. time. It's the f- we are mid December and baby, it is hot, 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 hot. Uh, um, oh. But it's also raining, so there are yeah. some noises. Yeah. Now it's started to rain. Look, they can't. Even, they probably can't hear it, Kara. So don't. You don't have to fucking mention it. I just want to say it. Just in case. <laughs> Hopefully, Moggy will fix it. Okay, I'll tell you something else that's pretty. I was going to say to tell you something else that's pretty hot, but it's not. Not hot? No, I don't think so. Uh, my subject for this evening. Go on. His name is Drake. Have you heard of that guy? I have, yep. Um, he's the butt of very many jokes, actually, and uh, he's a very weird character and, and he's quite gross. And oh. uh, I'm going to tell you all about it. Now, you ready? Are you ready? I'm fucking ready. <laughs> okay. Aubrey Drake Graham was born in Toronto, Ontario, October 24. 1986, which embarrassingly makes him a Scorpio, like me. But he's, only just. He's got Aubrey and Graham in his name. <laughs> it's pretty nerdy. Did I say recently that I've worked with someone for a really long time, like a really long time, and then they left where I worked and came back for something and then I had to have a look at their vaccine and I never no. knew, but their name is Graham. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know you. I didn't even know you, Graham. Graham, get out. Graham. Anyway. Baby Graham. Listen, <laughs> I was just talking about Scorpios and you just interrupted me. Sorry. Um, he's only just a Scorpio. Two days earlier and he would be a Libra, which I think suits him much better. I don't know anything about Libras. I just don't want him in my gang. Fair enough. Uh, his dad, Dennis, also a pretty shit name. <laughs> It's almost my mum's name. <laughs> Shit, no. <laughs> um, Dennis is an African-American man from Memphis, Tennessee. 
He played drums for Jerry Lee Lewis, which is pretty cool. Very. Uh, his mum, Sandy, worked as an English teacher and also a florist, and she's a Canadian of Jewish descent. Mm. Cool combo. Interesting. Uh, they broke up when Orbs was five, and he stayed in Toronto with his mum. Wow. And his father moved back to Memphis. He spent a few summers with his dad before Dennis got himself in a bit of trouble with drugs and then was, like, in and out of jail. His dad? Yeah. Dennis. Aubrey got really into acting in high school and Mm -hmm. when he was 15 he got introduced to a friend's dad who was, like, an acting agent and he got him the part of Jimmy Brooks on... Degrassi, the next generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're dancing like you love it, but that show is a fucking fizzer. I say the original or bloody nothing. I agree. Nothing will ever top the shock and awe I felt when Caitlin says, You were fucking Tessa Campanelli to Joey Jeremiah, who's like, <laughs> he's like the king of the Canadian fuckboys. But didn't we all love a bit of Joey Jeremiah? Absolutely. Fucking legend. Anyway, his character, Jimmy Brooks, was a baseball star who used a wheelchair after being shot by another student. Jesus. Um, Aubrey was a bit grossed out by this as he was one of the only black characters on the show. And black actors, I guess. <laughs> Just <Both>. generally. <laughs> uh and it's just a bit of a bloody trope to link gun violence and young black men. Yeah, it is. But disability rights activists loved that there was a confident young character living with a disability on TV. Yeah. And he was in a total of 100 episodes between 2001 and 2008, which is quite a lot. Really? I'm shocked it went for that long, to be honest. Yeah. I, I used to watch the original, the original did. Mm. Me too. Not allowed, but I did. And I'm shocked at that because I I definitely did kind of have a little teething kind of time watching The New Generation, but I didn't get into it as much. I don't think I ever bothered. I think I watched like the first episode because Snake is a teacher. Yes. And Spike is in it because her daughter Emma is grown up. She's a mum, right? And, yeah, there's like a callback, but at the same time... I'm shocked that it went on for that long. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good, I guess. Pretty good. Now, he was about 17 when he started really getting into hip-hop. And Mm. he was writing a lot of lyrics and song ideas. And he released his first mixtape in 2006 and another the following year. He said of this time, quote... Back then, I'd spend a full day on set and then go to the studio to make music until 4 or 5 a.m. I'd sleep in my dressing room, then be in front of the cameras again by 9 a.m. Wow. And so by 2008, he was finding it too hard to juggle music and acting. He was always late or exhausted from being up all night. Drake said that they fired him from the show. However, the producers denied this. Uh, They said, quote, well, like the main producer said, from my point of view, the timing was absolutely brilliant because we knew Aubrey was juggling his music. 
Not only did we know it, we helped him with it. His character had run its course, so we were nothing but supportive. So I think Drake was just trying to look like a tough guy. He just wants to look hard. Mm-hmm. No one's trying to end you, Drake. It's fine. <laughs> uh, he released his second mixtape, Comeback Season, uh, that I mentioned before, uh, in 2007 on his own newly started label called October's Very Own or OVO, as I may refer to it from now on. Okay. okay. Um, one of the tracks. OVO. <laughs> what are like the... OMO. Yes, like OMO. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely detergent. What does OMO stand for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the tracks, Replacement Girl, became the first video to be played on black entertainment television, or it's also called BET, by an unsigned Canadian artist. He sampled a song called Man of the Year by Briscoe, Flo Rida and Lil Wayne. Um, And he actually left in Lil Wayne's verse. Did I just say Little Wayne? Well. I'm going to say Little Wayne from now. Do it. I agree. (laughs) Let's speak in full sentences. Yeah. So he left in Little Wayne's verse and he added his own. Um, and then this kid called Jazz Prince, whose father, Jay Prince, owns a Houston record label called Rapalot. He played the track to Little Wayne. And Little Wayne like was like, shit, that's rad. And he flew Orbs to the US and took him on tour. And it all pretty quickly just started happening for him. Uh, he released his third mixtape, So Far Gone, in 2009 for free download on his OVO blog. And, and there were 2,000 downloads in the first two hours of the release, which is pretty fucking good. Mm. The first single off it, Best I Ever Had, was nominated for two Grammys. Mm. One for Best Solo Rap Performance and the other Best Rap Song, and it went to number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you hold the Grammys in higher regard than you do the Oscars? No, I'm the same. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> a pretty big deal, I guess, you know. Anyway. Uh, what does it really mean? Anyway, go on. It means nothing. Exactly. But if someone wanted to give one to me, I would be really stoked. But she would never show up for the ceremony. I would. <laughs> 100%. After his huge success, there was what many have called the biggest bidding war ever. Oh, my gosh. Um, with labels uh, to sign him. And he ended up with Young Money Entertainment, which was Lil Wayne's label. So that's nice. Mm. I, I think Nicki Minaj is on that label because I feel like I can hear her voice going, young money. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he joined all the other artists on the label for some huge tour. Um, and when they played in New Jersey, he fell over on stage and tore his ACL, which although terrible is kind of funny to see and it's on YouTube, of course. Uh, he had surgery oh later that year and he's fine, so don't okay. come at me for saying it's funny. His <laughs> debut album, Thank Me Later, came out in 2010 
after being pushed back about 500 times. The single Over was a bloody banger. It had, like, mad Kanye, Jay-Z kind of vibes, which I guess were probably his early influences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second single, Find Your Love, where he sings instead of raps, was an even bigger hit. The people love Soft Boy Drake. They bloody love it. That's what I like. Yeah. Uh, the album debuted at number one and it had features uh, by Alicia Keys, Nicki Minaj, Jay-Z and, of course, Lil Wayne. All the guys. Yeah. It sold nearly half a million copies in the first week and ended up being the best-selling album of 2010. Shit. And there was supposed to be a free concert in New York which was very weirdly co-hosted by... Hanson? <laughs> oh, my God, Zach and I were meant to be. Okay, anyway. But anyway, it was cancelled when 25,000 Drake fans showed up and the cops were like, shut it down. Yeah. It, it was supposed to have like a maximum of 10,000 people. How many showed up? 25,000. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, he'd also been working on an album with Lil Wayne, like, just was going to be put out as, you know, by both of them. But they scrapped it after Watch the Throne came out by Jay-Z and Kanye. Right. Uh, which was fucking rad and a massive hit. I love Great that. Album. Um, anyway. But too close. They couldn't be seen to be copying. Mm. It's the highest form of flattering. Well, yes. And they wouldn't want to flatter people. That's Absolutely not, not. Rap guys don't do that. No, they're hard as fuck. <laughs> they're battling or something. Uh, he did another tour. He started an OVO festival in Toronto. He started work on his next album, Take Care, which was like heaps more cohesive and like like an album, whereas the one before was like everybody likes you, you're a thing, let's quickly put an album out. Right. Um, the, crit- the critics loved it too. Uh, here are some cute and kind words about it. An affecting masterpiece, delicate, mellifluous sound and unashamedly candid, emotive lyrics. Mm. A carefully crafted bundle of contradictory sentiments from a conflicted rapper who explores his own neuroses in a compelling mania. Mania? Mania. In as compelling a manner as anyone not named Kanye West. Oh, so that's very nice. Uh, Take care, one Aubrey, his first Grammy. Aubrey throws me off every time. Go on. <laughs> Best rap album, so that's nice. Uh, it had features by Nicki again, and of course, Lil Wayne. Also, Andre Three Thousand, Kendrick Lamar, The Weeknd, and Rihanna. <laughs> More about her later. Uh, he toured the album, managed to gross $42 million with the tour alone. Jesus. He's fucking rich as fuck. Is he? He's got to be. Um, he also returned to acting, or voice acting at least, starring in Ice Age Continental Drift as Ethan, a teenaged woolly mammoth. Cute. Oh. 
In 2013, his third album, Nothing Was The Same, was released. And on a personal note, this album was my first Drake album obsession. I listened to it so, so much. It's the best. Um, And I hadn't listened to it for ages. I listened while I was writing this. I don't know why I stopped listening to it. It's so good. Like, every single song is so good. It's got started from the bottom. Oh. It's got Hold On, We're Going Home. Oh. So fucking good. It was huge in Australia. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live, which was like a raging success. Huge. Also, you know, he's an actor, so of course he was going to do well. Yeah. He did another Majillion Dollar Tour. Then he made his next record, If You're Reading This, It's Too Late, which was rather sneakily released on iTunes with no announcement. I fucking love it when... I just do that. Do you? Surprise! It's an album. Boo! I'm here. I love it. Nothing will ever top the day that Beyonce's album just like appeared. Lemonade? No. The next one? The one before it. The one before it. It just like came out and everyone was like, fuck. And it was the best. Uh, he released a mixtape with Future. Well, I don't know who that person is. (laughs) That was recorded in under a week. uh, And the same year he released Views, which had your favourite song of 2016, Hotline Bling. Mm, You know me too well. (laughs) It also had my fave, One Dance, uh, which was his very first number one single in... Canada, the US, Australia, the UK, Germany, France, Brazil, Sweden, Belgium, Norway and the Netherlands. Shit. Booyakasha. One Dance became Spotify's most streamed song ever. Whoa. Amassing over 882 million plays. Oh, my God. As of October... 2016. Oof. That is fucking wild. It's Very a lot. exciting. It's a lot. Very exciting for Drake. <laughs> I'm good on you. <laughs> um, he might have even made some money from Spotify from that one. Uh, potentially. <laughs> Maybe he could have bought, I don't know, taken his family out for a meal. He could have, yep. Maybe. It's possible. Bought like you know, a few months' supply of science diet for his dog. Yeah. Yeah, he can do the by the big bag. Big, yeah. <laughs> We're not talking one kilo. Okay. Uh, in uh, Also in 2016, he was named as a member of the Forbes Five, which I guess is like the top five richest artists in hip-hop, which mm-hmm. you mentioned in your Eminem episode. I did. What year was that? 2016. Okay. Uh, he was fifth behind Birdman, JZ, <laughs> Dr. Dre, and guess who? Eminem? No, Diddy. Oh. What's he doing in 2016? Whatever. Well, I just, I had a quick look. Well, I just had a quick look and I saw that in this year, 2021, mm. he was worth. 180 million. And I think Eminem was like, now this could be wrong, 230 million. Anyway, wild sums. It's so weird. Super fucking weird. 
So bananas. Like, I had to pull myself back from buying a fancy set of linens recently, so... Yeah, I've been pulling back. Don't do it, Amber. Don't buy those linen sheets, Cara. You don't need it. You don't. You've got good sheets already. They're fine. Just wash them and then you put them back on the bed. Nappy sand, good to go. Everything's fine. Actually, I have You're about okay. four sets of good sheets. I fucking don't need any more. I want more though. Stop it. I know. I wanted them because Sophia bought new sheets. Well, and so I was like, well, I want some. I think I felt that thing as well because <laughs> I feel like I was a part of that conversation. I was yeah. like, sheets, sheets, I need more sheets. Yeah. Anyway, look. Uh, then he released another album like the next year, More Life, which set a new streaming record. It was the highest ever streamed album in 24 hours with 89.9 million on Apple Music. Fuck. And 61.3 million on Spotify. Oof. Fucking hell, massive. You go, dog. And then he smashed more records later in the year when he won 13 Billboard Awards which was the most wins in a single show for anyone ever Mm -hmm. Um, and had been present in the Billboard Hot 100 chart for eight years consecutively. That's impressive. He declined to submit more life for consideration at the 2018 Grammy Awards, Mm. stemming from his displeasure at Hotline Bling being pigeonholed into the rap category uh, which he, actually he did that again this year. He took his album out of the running. I recently heard that from our friend Zen. And it's true. It's like Hotline Bling is not a rap song. No. <laughs> At all. It's a pop, At all. pop song thrown through. Defo. Black Artist it must be a rap song. It's gross. That is gross. I've never really thought about that because I've never fucking had to, but that is gross. Yeah. Oh, God, he's released so many fucking albums. I'm going to skim over these last ones because I don't think I've really even listened to them. Um, He released Scorpion in 2018, which features one of the funniest songs ever. I'm upset. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm upset. (laughs) And he says it like that. I'm upset. I mean, apt. It's weird. It's. I feel like it's the it's the song of summer, twenty twenty one. I feel like I'm upset. Three year olds would say that. Like, what's wrong, Toby? And then Toby goes, "I'm upset." Absolutely, a grown man. (laughs) I'm upset. It does not make sense. It's good. Uh, Again. He's smashing fucking more streaming records. During his Grammy's acceptance speech for God's Plan, Mm -hmm. he was cut off, leading viewers to speculate that they were censoring his speech. um, Probably. During which he criticised the Recording Academy. But a legal representative for the Academy then released a statement saying... Quote, a natural pause led the producers to assume he was done and cut to commercial. A natural pause. Um, and they also added that they offered him the opportunity to return to the stage, but he declined. As if you would. Tomorrow. Well, yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> it would be fucking weird to go back on. 
Oh, guys, I just wanted to say. I've got a little, I've got a few more, <laughs> I've got a couple more points. Thank you. Uh, also in 2018, he produced two TV shows, Top Boy, which I've never heard of. Neither. And Euphoria, which I have and I've seen, which is honestly just an exercise in proving why teenagers are fucking terrifying. Have you watched, you haven't watched no. it? No. What's bi- it on? Binge. Okay. It's so intense. <laughs> Can you give me a really, really brief? No. Okay. I'm going to have to watch it? Yeah. I, I couldn't watch more than an episode at a time because it was so intense. I was so worried. About teenagers' behaviour? Yes. Okay. It's really intense. But the acting is amazing. Okay. Everyone's fucking amazing in it. Uh, this year he released Certified Lover Boy cover mm. art is like emojis, but credited to Damien Hurst. So weird. Okay. Uh, he's a pretty generous guy, which is good because he's got way too much fucking money. In 2018, he used the $1 million budget for the video for God's Plan to go on a mad donation spree across oh. Miami. He gave 25000 to Miami Senior High School and announced that he would be donating OVO-designed uniforms to all the students. Uh, he okay. gave a University of Miami student $50,000, gave another 50000 to a homeless shelter. Wait a second. So we just gave one single student $50,000? Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I that, it's all on Twitter. Okay. I think she tweeted him and he was like, all right. And then he went and handed out $150 gift cards to all the people at the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. Then he went to a supermarket and paid for, like, everyone's groceries for the whole day. That's nice. It's very nice. I like that. He gave a million bucks to fix basketball courts around Toronto. He paid for a $75,000 recording studio for a high school, which seems... But over the top. Yes, let's be honest. Come on. What are they going to (laughs) produce? Look, I did music in high school and I'll tell you what, it wasn't that crush fucking hot. No, I don't think $75,000 would have made it better. Nothing would make (laughs) me better. Me on the trombone? No. There would no no amount of money. No. Uh, he gave 30000 to Jamaican schools for computers. Look, there's heaps of other stuff. He doesn't really tell people about this. It's like modest, quiet. Mm, mm-hmm. Clearly you know about it though. Mm-hmm. Do a little <laughs> Googling, you can find stuff out. Uh, he, oh, he popularised YOLO. Shut the fuck up, yeah, did he? He sure did. From oh, Lou and I used to say that all the time. Oh, that's because of Drake. I never knew it was... Thank you, Drake. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for making Lou and I make terrible decisions and saying YOLO. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun time. The, oh, the YOLO was. year. Uh, he lives in Toronto in a $100 million estate that he calls the Embassy. Come uh, on. <laughs> and he also has a place in Los Angeles called... The YOLO estate. Jesus fucking Christ. He had COVID um, and he said that COVID was the cause of some hair loss that he had. Okay, guy. <laughs> uh, he has a son. Oh. 
His name is, wait for it, Adonis. No. (laughs) No, no, no. Yes. Do you want to set a child up for failure? It's really. Name them Adonis. It's also like calling your daughter Charisma. Or Aphrodite or something. (laughs) Like, fucking relax. It's too much pressure. I legit wanted to call my when I found out okay, can I, when I found out what a test tube baby was, when I was about I'm gonna say eight. A test tube baby. Yeah. That's what IBF. they called it. Well oh. that that was what they called it at that point. They okay. called it that was literally what was in the news. Mm-hmm. That was the what they referred to it as. And when I found out this science of, like, making a baby without a man <laughs> or, like, with a man, man adjacent, I was like, I'm going to have a daughter and I'm going to name her Aphrodite. <laughs> and I'm so glad <laughs> that I wasn't given that. Lucky. Because, that I mean, poor kid. Adonis? Yeah. That is absurd. Yeah. Uh, what I, if he's really short? The mother was uh, a French painter and former model named Sophie Brousseau who... Googling. It looks like he pretty much just had a one-night stand with her. Oof. Yeah, and then um, I think there was, like, texts released to a magazine of him saying, you should have an abortion. It's not even my baby and all this stuff. But he's come around. Well, that's that's kind of him. Yes. There's lots of jokes about Drake and I think it's because he's like oversensitive in his music. Mm-hmm. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset. But seriously, that is not a thing in mainstream hip-hop. He basically, he gets made fun of because he's a nice guy, which seems really silly. I think there was also this idea that, like, started from the bottom was a bit deceptive because he was a child actor. Um, yeah. But he wasn't a child actor on some massive hit movie where he made a ton of money. He was on a small budget Canadian kids TV show. Like, his family With a big rich. reputation. Yeah, but his family weren't rich. Okay. I don't know if I've said that. No, you didn't. They were not rich. I forgot. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. But I just mean Pretend like Degrassi. In the beginning, and... I mentioned that they okay. were super povo. So, Cara, my hotline bling-a-ding-ding, why do you <laughs> like this ham of a man? I don't like the fact, firstly, just like... No, no, no. You can't tell me why you don't like no, him because I'm, I'm about tell you. to tell you I'm things. I'm going to tell you. Why I don't, why he's bad. I just want to acknowledge my jokes. I'm just acknowledging the fact that you said that he came around to having a son, which I had no idea he even had a son, but he came around, gives me, uh, it gives me the bad feelings. It's bad vibe. He came around, but maybe. People say that a lot about men. Oh, he came around uh, in the end. He came around, Jesus. (laughs) He came around. He, he denied paternity, but he came around. Um, well, look, the re- I don't have many reasons to like Drake. I loved that fucking song, Hotline Bling. <laughs> I would listen to it constantly when I was cooking and the person that I lived with at the time would just be like, why? Please <laughs> cease. But I really did fucking love listening to that when I was cooking and I would dance to it in my tiny apartment. Great, great song. Um, my first introduction to 
Drake Mm -hmm. was when I was a little teeny tiny baby living in London and I was living with seven boys and they were all in a band together. Ew. And they were fucking foul. (laughs) And um, then they used to make fun of Drake. And I don't even know if this is a real fucking song. I'm pretty sure it's a real fucking song because I'm sure they play part of it. And this... Actually, this might have even been in Wales when this happened, but they played this song about loving the crew and then all of them would be like, I'm loving the crew, yeah, I'm loving the crew, and it would just be a big it joke. not very drakey, but okay. I'm pretty... I'm loving the crew. I'm no, but it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't like <laughs> jazzy. It was like, loving the crew. Okay. Yeah. More like that. Okay, okay. I'm going to find it. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> just kind of like he's like more of the melodic kind of songs that he soft has. Boy. I'm, I mean, the soft boy Drake. Yeah. That's all I can say. Mm. I really find him attractive. No, you don't? No. No, I think he's so rank. Okay, I don't think he's rank, but I'm not <laughs> attracted to him. Well, my first thing on the bad stuff list is when I really fucking hate how he says... You're a good girl in his songs. Like, it makes me want to fucking barf. Uh, but that's that's really just a personal preference that people don't say that. I would just like to say that I am correct in saying the loving the crew thing. It's crew love. Okay. But he does say loving the crew and the crew love. I want you to play it for me after. I'm gonna. Thanks. Uh, all right, bad oh. stuff. So there's this guy called Travis Scott. Oh, I know him. Yeah, you probably know him as Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. Yeah, he's had a little controversy recently. He's a rapper. Um, I was like, is this man the first rapper to use his real and totally boring name? But no, he's not. His real name is Jacques Berman Webster II. Jesus <laughs> he, Christ. And he uses Travis, Travis Scott, Scott as the stage name. That was your choice? so weird. I actually knew this woman and she married this man who was very nice. Um, and he, his name was like Andrew, but he changed his name to Russell. What the fuck? So, so weird. I knew someone who changed their name from Zoe to Tara. That's also so weird. But they were also terribly bullied, and I think that name resonated with that. Yeah, but anyway, so like, different I think things. That was, but, but why Travis, Travis fucking Scott. Scott? So fucking weird. Bananas. Anyway, Travis Scott put on this festival every year since 2008 called Astro World. It seems to be predominantly a hip-hop festival, but Kanye's new best mate, Brian Warner, played at it in 2019. Blech. Season three, episode eight. Um, and this year at the festival, on the evening of November 5th, during Travis Scott's set in which Drake was a surprise guest, oh. eight people were killed and 11 others went into cardiac arrest after a crowd rush. Fucking hell. So 11 people went into cardiac arrest and two this. more people later died Jeez. after succumbing to their injuries in hospital. So... Um, over hell. 300 people were treated for injuries due to the crush. It started at 
9.15 and was declared a mass casualty event by 9.38. There were ambulances coming through, which Travis Scott and Drake could see, but they continued their performance until 10.15. Apparently earlier, around 2 p.m., there'd been an incident where fans rushed the entrance and knocked down barricades, trampled over each other. Um, And after that, the Houston police chief, Troy Finner, met with Travis to warn him about the crowd's behaviour so he'd know to be careful in his performance. But he didn't listen. Almost instantly, something like a 100 lawsuits were filed against Travis Scott and Drake for inciting the crowds. Drake made this statement on his Instagram, quote, I've spent the past few days trying to wrap my mind around this devastating tragedy. I hate resorting to this platform to express an emotion as delicate as grief, but this is where I find myself. My heart is broken for the families and friends of those who lost their lives and for anyone who is suffering. I will continue to pray for all of them and will be of service in any way I can. May God be with you all. However, mm. it, it was reported that the day after the tragedy, Drake went to Area 29, a Houston strip club, where he doled out $1 million to the dancers. And there were Instagram posts of this event made by numerous dancers and by the club's, like page and I'm not saying giving a million dollars to sex workers is a bad idea it's a great idea but maybe going to a strip club the day after 10 people died while you were performing is in poor taste I agree it just doesn't sound like he was particularly brokenhearted I agree on all levels I thought yes let's give a million dollars to people who are working hard in, in an industry where they're probably underpaid But at the same time... Not the best day for it. No. Um, Yeah, sucks. I didn't realise he was implicated in that entire thing. Yeah, because he was on stage at the time. I didn't even know he was present. Well, there you go. A hundred lawsuits as well. And that was just like the next day. Fuck. Uh, Next up in the bad shit is the first of the Drake is a creep categories. Mm, Um, So this one coming. (laughs) And I call this one Rihanna. So she first met Drake in 2005 in a Toronto diner where Drake was like a DJ. Really? Yeah. And Riri was filming a video for her song... Ponder Replay, which is a fucking bunger. <laughs> um, but he didn't play the Mr. JJ that she refers to in that song. <laughs> he was just there because he worked there. Boring. He worked at the diner? Yeah. Like as a DJ. Oh. Okay, and then in 2009, right after her breakup with human shit smear Chris Brown, they were spotted making out for hours in a New York City bowling alley. Shit. But uh, awkwardly, Rihanna was very quick to say that they were just friends, to which 
he told a New York Times reporter, quote, I was a pawn. You know what she was doing to me? She was doing exactly what I've done to so many women throughout my life, which is to show them quality time, then disappear. I was like, wow, this feels terrible. <laughs> wham, 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 I mean, I think wham. that's, I actually think that's pretty insightful that he's like, yeah, I do that to people and it sucks. Okay, yeah. Um, but then in 2011, they performed at the Grammys together and were all like kissy, kissy, mm, on stage and then were spotted later that year making out at a Canadian nightclub. Well, well, well. In 2012, Rihanna had gotten back with Turd Burger Brown. Um, and he is a Turd Burger. Yeah. Um, He's a shit smear and a Turd Burger. <laughs> yeah. I hate him. Yeah, I'll get a Turd Burger with a, a smear of shit, please. Oh, sorry, you'll like a Chris Brown then? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, coming up. <laughs> Rihanna guest vocaled on his track Take Care, which has the very telling lyrics. Can't deny that I want you, but I'll lie if I have to because you don't say you love me to your friends when they ask you, even though we both know you do. You do. Ooh. Um, The next year, Ellen asked Aubrey about Rihanna and he said, yeah, great girl. Uh, We had our moment. Always support and uh, have love for her. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, I just like spat out of my nostril then. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, good girl. Yeah, yeah, she's a good girl. I like her to say, but I want, to, I want him to say, like, good girl. She's a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he sounds awkward. Awkward uh, as fuck. Then in 2014, he tells Rolling Stone that Rihanna is his, quote, ultimate fantasy. Ew. Which honestly has to be the cringiest thing I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. But look, it seemed to work for her because a month later they went on a bougie European holiday together. Ooh, I love mm-hmm. But then... Samoa. <laughs> the next year, Rihanna told Vanity Fair that her last serious boyfriend was Chris Brown. Ouch. Bow, bow. But look, then she was on his track too good. I'm too good for you. Um, on views, and he did guest on her song Work, which is fucking also great, mm-hmm. on her most brilliant album, Auntie. And it looked like they were on again when he had a huge billboard put up, like in LA or something, congratulating her on winning the MTV Michael Jackson Vanguard Award. And at the ceremony, while presenting her with that award, he said a lot of cringy things, but he also said, quote, she's someone I've been in love with since I was 22 years old. And she, like, is standing, like, next to him. Like, she rolls his eyes and then just looks really embarrassed. She rolls her eyes. And then Did she actually roll her eyes, though? Yes. And then he continues, she's one of my best friends in the world. She's a living, breathing legend in our industry. And then he goes in for a kiss and she, like, moves her head Uh. and he ends up, like, kissing, like, her ear and neck. It's so squirmy, awkward. 
And after the show, they apparently had dinner with family and friends and went to a club where Drake was, to quote a source, literally shadowing her every moment and was just so affectionate and adoring all night. Interesting. (laughs) Not long after that, they got matching shark tattoos. Why? But (laughs) then, I don't know why. I haven't asked them. I don't have a reason for any of my tattoos, so, you know, go um, forth. But at the end of that year, it looked like he was hooking up with J-Lo and he was posting... My his, J-Lo. Your J-Lo. Your nemesis. He was posting pictures of, like, getting all snuggly with her on his Ooh. Instagram. Like, several pictures. Snugglies. So it wasn't a massive surprise when in 2018 when Vogue asked Rihanna about... Drake, that she said, waiting through that speech was probably the most uncomfortable part. I I don't like too many compliments. I don't like to be put on blast. We don't have a friendship now. (gasps) But we're not enemies either. It is what it is. Oof. And he said in an interview with LeBron James... Why is LeBron James conducting an interview? I have no idea. Okay. It, it's like it's on video, All like right. a YouTube, I don't know. Fuck, who knows? I like LeBron. Sure. Nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good boy. Look, my interactions <laughs> with LeBron have been very pleasant. All positive. Absolutely. No, not a bad word to say about <laughs> him. <laughs> um. Anyway, he said to LeBron, as life takes shape and teaches you your own lessons, I end up in this situation where I don't have the fairy tale like, oh, Drake started a family with Rihanna and this is like so perfect. It looks good on paper. By the way, I wanted that at one time. LeBron, relax. Yeah, and look, I don't know why I put this in the bad section. It's just fun gossip. And I just think he just comes off like a real bloody fool. Who, LeBron? Drake. But also, I why, mean, the whole why thing is about he Rihanna. saying that? Why is he saying that was a fan? Like, wait, wait a second. Who said that? Le- Drake said it. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, he's a fool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe you're all thinking... He's not that bad. He's a nice guy. He got his heartbreak. Well, wrong. Because I got some seriously fucked up shit for you. I'm ready. Millie Bobby Brown mm. is a very young actress. Uh, you'd know her as Eleven from Stranger Things. I do. She's also, I don't know if you've ever seen an interview with her. Yeah. She's really awkwardly annoying. She's like a precocious kind of kid. She's like heavily media trained or something. Yeah. She's got a really irritating, posh English accent. And I'm not like saying she's a bad person. She's just a little kid, but it just seems wrong to me. She acts like she's like... I don't have a problem with her accent. I have a problem with the fact that she seems to be conditioned to deal with those situations when she's like Mm. very young. But she also just sort of... I, I don't... She sort of acts like she's like a 30-year-old woman Mm. and it just seems sad to me. Yeah, I get that. Um, Anyway, at some point in an interview with W Magazine, 
She brought up how she met Drake and she said, quote, we text all the time now. He helps me with everything, just life lessons. He's amazing. He's a great human being. Um, and then she gave a red carpet interview with Access Hollywood in 2018 where she, I think they asked her about him or something, and she says, I love him. I met him in Australia and he's honestly so fantastic. We just texted each other the other day and I, he was like, I miss you so much. And I was like, I miss you more. He's great. And the interviewer asked her, like, what advice does he give you? Like, what does he say? And Millie says, about boys. He helps me. Now, when they met, she was 13 and he was 31. And, of course, people were, like, upset about this. Like, why the fuck is a grown man talking to a 13-year-old girl like that? Like, I miss you? Uh Millie responded to this outrage with this Instagram post, quote, Why you gotta make a lovely friendship your headline? You guys are weird, for real. I'm lucky to have people in the business extend their time to help me further my career and offer their wisdom and guidance. I'm very blessed to have amazing people in your life. You don't get to choose that for me. It's nice to have people who understand what I do. Now I'll get back to talking about real problems in the world other than my friendships. Jeez. Drake, however, made no comment at all about this. Um, Flex Mag claimed to have screenshots of the texts between Drake and Millie. And in one of the screenshots, Drake sends Millie a selfie and then asks her to send one back. And then when she doesn't reply, he writes, are you mad at me? I also have to say that we don't know if these are real, but if they are, it's fucking shifty AF. Yeah. Relax, mate. And Millie Bobby Brown is not the only underage girl he's texting. Billie Eilish told Vanity Fair when she was 17 years old that she'd been texting with Drake. Um, She said... I've only, like, texted him, but he's so nice. Like, he does not need to be nice, you know what I mean? He's at a level in his life where he doesn't need to be nice, but he is, you know. (laughs) Um, And this made people be like, okay, great, this is totally a thing. Drake is a fucking creep. But again, no comment from Aubrey. Okay. He was also reportedly seeing Bella Harris, um, the then 18-year-old daughter of an R&B producer called Jimmy Jam. He was... Would I know her? No. Okay. He was apparently seen at a DC restaurant having dinner with her and, as the tabloids say, getting cosy. And I would also like to note that she'd posted pictures hanging out with him backstage at a show that was, like, two years before. Like, quite a lot of pictures. Mm -hmm. And I think she'd just turned 18 when this... Coziness happened. Yeah. So that's a bit yucky. Convenient. Yeah. Uh, He also dated Hayley Bieber, who was Hayley Baldwin at the time. Um, Also at the time she was 19, um, but they had actually known each other quite well since she was 14. Okay. Um, And then there was an unnamed girl at a concert in Colorado 
um, there's a video of this if you want to watch it for yourself. So he pulls this girl on stage and he asks her how old she is and she says 17 and then he immediately, like, comically, like, takes a few steps back and makes a joke about how he's, quote, not ready for jail. And then he sort of, like, blames her, like, it's your fault I'm going to jail because you're so hot kind of thing. Okay. And then he makes more idiotic jokes about how she's hot and he's too old for her. And then he says, quote, well, listen, 17, I had fun and I don't know if I should feel guilty or not, but I had fun. I like the way your breast feels against my chest. Mm. And then he kisses her on the lips. Mm-hmm. This is kind of gross. Yeah. Um, and then, like, like, he gets this stuff because, like, with Kylie Jenner, so, okay, so Drake has had feuds with, like, a million rappers. Okay. Which I didn't bother going into because it's inane and I just don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of these feuds was with Tiger. Remember when Kylie Jenner was 17? She was dating mm-hmm. Tiger. I do. Um, okay, so back in 2014, Tiger said in some interview that he thought Drake was a fake. Like, ooh, you're, you're a fake, fake and a phony and I wish I'd never laid eyes on you. <laughs> oh, I love that we both said that at the same time. Um, okay, Sandy. Um, then Rizzo, continue. <laughs> apparently, as revenge, Drake invited Kylie to a party at his house and then posted a pic of her at that party on Instagram that was like hashtag Kylie Jenner in the house or something. And then he released a song called 6 Day 6 AM in New York, um, in which he is apparently saying to Tiger, it's so childish calling my name. On the world stage, you need to act your age and not your girl's age. And after this, it, like, forced Tiger to deny that he was dating Kylie Jenner, even though the next year when she turned 18, they were like, now we're in a relationship. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like, so, so, so he, like... Don't throw stones? Yeah, I just feel like Drake gets... The shame, the public shaming that would happen. Because he's, he's putting that on someone else. Yes, yeah. Even I mean, that's why I brought it up. You know? Countless times yeah. that he's been potential, like he's been Possibly the being the one, yeah. But also maybe it's all nothing and it's just fine. Um, yeah. He's also been linked to a bunch of age-appropriate women. His current lady is 40. He's been with Jennifer Lopez. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know because I felt like there was going to be a lot of fucking like where there's smoke, there's fire with Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, it's just kind of just that. I mean, the selfie thing, but also, I mean... I don't want to be a person that if someone who, say in an industry like that where someone is taking someone under their wing Mm. and say, for instance, they're a man and the younger person is a female and they're going to be like 
basically put under a microscope because they're having a relationship with that person, which is completely innocent. But maybe they should be because in the past it hasn't worked out real great when exactly. you look at, like, fucking R. Kelly and Aaliyah and yeah. shit. Like it's that, that's why that's why there's, like, this big kind of, like, <laughs> there's a big tumultuous feeling here. It's like, also weird because... She's an actress and he's a rapper. Like, I know yeah. he was, like, a child star or whatever, but what's he helping her with? I know. I, like, <laughs> that, the thing, I don't, know where, I don't know where to judge right now because there's not, there's not anything concrete to say that he's no. doing the wrong thing. No. And I, I, I feel like that young women coming up in an industry should have help because basically the industry is set against them. Yeah. In that industry particularly. Yeah. But I think I don't I feel I no, feel but yeah, I feel I really I feel torn. un I don't really feel like I want to hate Drake for it. But I do feel like he probably has boned a few 17-year-olds in his time. Yeah. Which is gross. Absolutely. And I think the thing on stage, that's gross. I also think the fact of, like, maybe not necessarily admitting the paternity of his child is gross. Mm. That's gross. Yeah. Did you have any more stuff? That's it. Okay. So then aside... I don't know. I'm really fucking torn because I don't think there's anything that's... I think I just kind of think he's quite funny. Like, he's a weird person and I like... Have you ever seen the memes? I also think he's a fucking child actor. You know what I mean? Like, he's been... Like, although he hasn't been brought up in, like like, a really affluent household or something, he's actually been kind of... Just engulfed in this industry, like Shia LaBeouf, a little child, child. Yeah. like exactly, exactly, and that I Fucks think does not does not equate to a well-rounded person. But he's also an excellent songwriter, like yes. really good. Yeah, it's. Ooh. I don't hate him, but have you, have you seen Drake? The Drake I'm memes, watching him. the like. Yes, the, it's always the, that one, right? Oh, there's that, but, like, there's these other ones. I did a hand movement. Where there. it's, like, Drake's the kind of guy who, and then people. I don't know like, if I've say, seen that. So they, like, Drake's the kind of guy who gets upset when friends don't wash their hands. Right. And it's, like, Drake's, and I am Drake, Drake's the kind of guy to bring a Bible to Bible study. <laughs> like, <laughs> Drake's the kind of guy who says, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea, you startled me. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, good memes. Good, and I'm going to post some, and I'll also post some of the pictures with those girls and you can see what you think. Because <sighs> I don't know, I just don't know. No, I don't either. I think because it's so... I think you're right. I think it is sad that we have to immediately be like, that's not okay. But it's also not okay. Like... It's not the same, but... They have nothing to do with each other. Mm. Like, why? Where is the common ground there? Yeah. (laughs) And just the fact, just that, I mean, I don't know, maybe that 
those texts that were released weren't real. Yeah, maybe real, they weren't but real. If they were real, that's really yucky. If they were fake as well, I mean, like, I mean, from my, from personally, if, if I was in his position. I mean, all he's done is say nothing. I would say something. If that was a fake text, I would go after them for defamation, yeah. personally. Yeah. Maybe. Watch out. No, just kidding. We're going to get sued <laughs> if anyone's going to get sued. Don't but sue us, Drake. We should have gone ham on him. He doesn't do anything. But it's a very that, – that, this is a really interesting one for me because it does kind of perplex me in a way because mm. is it like this mentorship pers- like kind of situation in which case like – why couldn't there but be then, a male mentor for a young female? But then she also says he helps me with talking about boys. That again. Not what? cool. No. Don't talk to little girls. No, no, no. About Absolutely this. not. Talk to Ugh. Auntie Kara. Yeah. That's what I, I would talk to Winona Ryder about that Absolutely. <laughs> She'll tell you about how she dodged a bullet with Johnny Depp. Indeed, I can't remember <laughs> the episode, but Amber episode did a fabulous two or one. Something three early, See, yeah. It's ah, yeah. Is it the early or maybe it's season two? I don't even know. <sighs> no, I was trying to think. Anyway, um, thank you so much for coming on this. Do you guys know it's the end of fucking season fucking four? Yeah. We have some bangers coming up for season five and I can't fucking wait, but also I'm pretty excited not to have to write, like, do we homework kind of, Yeah, we, we, like, go to our day jobs, we get home and then we write. Um, we're going to have a little break from we that. We don't get a weekend because it's too hard. Yeah, I, to I've had home. three days off in a month. Mm. I realised that the other day. That's not okay, bro. It's not cool. But what is cool is fucking you guys. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait. And happy Festivus. Happy Festivus to everybody. And uh, we'll see you on the other side with some, some pretty fun new fuckheads to talk about. Yeah. And we're going to have some more Patreon shit as well. Yeah. We, Patreons, you'll get some shit in the break. Don't even worry about it. Don't fucking concern yourself with that. It's coming. It's coming. And Love I, you. I, re- I really have faith that by at least halfway through the next season we're going to have enough money for those bag stands. Yeah. Fucking it. Yes. Fucking yeah. Fucking yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. We have used multiple sources in the research for this podcast. All of these can be found in the show notes. This podcast was written by Kara Nissen and Amber Jones, with music and engineering by Morgan Jones. DJ Morgs! <laughs> Sorry, I should have laughed.